so that it changes us and produces fruit in our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everyone said? Now, I don't know about you, but when I come to this portion of Scripture, I, I'm, I'm a little, I mean, like, I, I want to take it all in, but if you go by it too fast, you won't stop enough to really just breathe for a moment what the Scripture actually says. Because here is Elisha, a man of double portion. Hello, somebody. A man of great power and anointing, a man who's done incredible miracles. And when the Bible describes him to us, it says, Hear this great prophet, this great man of God, this great man of power. The Bible says to him, he's sick unto death. Now, it's ironic in my mind that as I read that, that this giant man of faith, who had done so many miracles... Everything he'd accomplished in his lifetime. And even one miracle after his death. If you keep reading, uh, they threw a dead guy in on his body. And, 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 and Elisha was so anointed. Elisha was so, his bones just resurrected that guy. Immediately. The Bible says, this great man of faith is going to die from an illness. He's going to die from a sickness. Now, he's old. I get that. It just causes me to pause for a minute because it helps me to understand that sometimes the Bible characters in the Bible that I think are untouchable, God allows you and I to connect with them in a way that lets us know we're all human. Come on. This great man of God dies from a sickness, not old age. He didn't go out like his mentor in a chariot of fire. Come on, somebody. He didn't go out like Samson. The Bible says he's going to die from a sickness. I don't know about you, but in some kind of strange way, it it endures me to him. This, uh, this prophet who I think is, man, so far beyond me that I can never be in that place. All of a sudden now I'm, I'm like every, every man, every woman is equal. And then there's Joash, king of Israel. Now, if you know a little bit, you'll understand this guy's not really known for following after God, even though he's king of Israel. And, and what's happened here is he, he sees that Elisha, who's been the powerhouse of Israel, who's been the whole reason that God has been moving in Israel, he's sick and he's, he's going to die, and this guy is scared of facing the fact that he's got to lead Israel without the man of power. Oh boy, if Elisha dies, what's going to become of me? I don't have the relationship with God that Elisha has. I, I don't walk in the power that Elisha walks in. I, I don't have that kind of anointing, right? And I don't know God like he, he knows God. What's going to happen to me if he dies? 
I mean, after all, he saw the power of God work in there, and, and, and he knew that he didn't have that. And so he says, man, if Elisha goes, there goes the power of God. And so he says, my father, my father, the chariots of Israel and the horsemen, what about them? They're not going to be enough without you. Come on. So this man is turned inside out with fear. And I love that Elisha wanted to see if King Joash had faith and character. Come on, somebody. He's going to find the truth. In other words, was Joash full of good words? Or was he actually ready to be a leader? Let me tell you something, church. I want you to just breathe for a minute. I want you to take this right in because some of us are sitting in a place right now. We need to hear this. We need to hear what the word of the Lord has to say to us. If you come in here this morning and you believe that you're going to soar to some type of mature faith without some testing in your life, you got another thing coming. If you, if you think that you're just going to skate in here, ride in on the power of God like some surfer on a wave, don't you ever think or believe that you are going to soar into maturity of faith without some test. And Peter emphasized that in the New Testament. He said, why? Why would you think? Don't think it's strange when a fiery trial comes. As if it's some odd thing. It's God working in it. And there's some of y'all right now who are sitting in some fiery trials. Some of them you're sitting in are not of your doing. You didn't ask for it. You didn't want it. You've been faithful. You've been honoring God in every way. Yet you find yourself sitting in a place you never wanted to sit in. You're like, this is not fair. I don't understand why I got to be here. And there ain't, no, there ain't a fiery trial worse than that one. Let Pastor Don tell you that. When you've done everything right... And you've obeyed God. When Jesus told you to get in a boat and go to the other side, and in the middle of the way you wound up in the worst storm of your life, and you're like, I'm just doing what Jesus told me to do. Why is this happening to me? There is no greater struggle. That's a crisis of faith. I was doing what he told me to do. But then some of you are sitting in here this morning, and you're in some kind of fiery trial, and it's of your own doing. Because like Tammy said, you've been bullheaded. You've been given instruction. And you ain't paid attention. And you ain't followed through. And now you want to find somebody to blame for the trouble you're in. Hey, Elisha, if you don't show up, what's going to happen to me? This is going to be your fault if you die. Y'all ain't helping me. Amen or oh me will be good right there in that moment. Elisha gives this guy some instructions to follow. But when you read it carefully, what you begin to see is that he follows them, but he follows them out of fear and not faith. Joash, he didn't, he didn't act like Elisha wanted him to. He didn't respond in the proper way. And that's what made Elisha mad. Come on, somebody. Don't get all violated 
when God puts somebody in your life to bless you, and they give you some instructions, and you don't follow through, and then them people mad. They'll call me up. Talking about Eddie was rude to me. Was he? I know, Eddie, if he was rude to you, you deserved it. I seen Eddie mad one time. One time. I wanted to crawl under the couch. In that moment, I'm just praising God in my own strength, saying, God, I'm glad it's him and not me. (laughs) Eddie was so mad, he said what he had to say, and then he said, this meeting is over. I'm going home to see my wife because I'm tired of looking at you. (laughs) And I just said, Lord Jesus, come back quickly because this boy's about to meet you. How do you make Eddie Lima mad? Then the next day I get a call. Eddie was mean to me. I said, better you than me. You to listen. Elisha is angry. Why? Because victory was at stake. Life and limb was at stake. The glory of God was at stake. He was trying to give him a strategy to win. He was trying to release the anointing into his life of God by giving him instruction, and yet he didn't follow through. I love it. I love it. He said, take that bow. Take that bow. Everybody say, take that bow. Draw it. Come here. Come here, Breno. Come here, Breno. Come here. Take the bow. Take the bow with your left hand. Come on. Oh, Lord, help me, Jesus. You could have chose any other man in the building. He said, take the bow and draw it. Draw it. No, no. Watch what the prophet does. He puts his hand. The Bible says he puts his hand on his hand. Draw it. Draw it. He's releasing. He's letting him know that God is with you. You are not holding this bow in your own strength. You are not holding the the thing that's going to give you victory in your own hand. I'm placing my hand on your hand because I'm going to be with you. If I have declared victory in your life, it's because I am going to be with you to give it. Draw the bow! Draw the bow! Thank you. take this boy bow hunting one day. (laughs) And so the king has the bow in his hand. Come on, church. Come on, church. And Elisha puts his hand on 
the king's hand. That should have alerted the king. Come on, church. That should have alerted him. to. It should have conveyed blessing to him. The king right away should have stood up and said, here it comes. Here it comes. This is what God is doing. Look at verse 15. I need you to look at verse 15. And Elisha said to him, take the bow and the arrows. So he took the bow and the arrows and he said to the king, draw the bow. And he drew it. And Elisha laid his hand on the king's hand. And he said, open the window eastward. And he opened it. And Elisha said, shoot the... And he shot, and he said, the Lord's arrow of victory, the arrow of victory over Syria. Watch this church. Watch this church. You're not ready. The Lord's arrow of victory. You'll strike the Syrians. Now, if the prophet has told you to take the bow... And the prophet has put his hand on your hand. And he's given you direction to shoot. Come on, church. And he's describing to you what God wants to do. Is it unfair that the prophet expects you to do more than just give a half-hearted effort? Come on, church. Elisha was saying... It's going to take everything you have, the right attitude with a warrior spirit to win every fight. Let me put my hand on yours. This is not the hand of a dying man. This is the hand of the Lord's approval. This is the, Lord of, this is the hand of the Lord's victory. This is what God wants to do. Come on, church. Verse 18. Watch this. And he said, take the arrows. And he took them. And he said to the king of Israel, strike the ground with them. And he struck it three times, and he stopped. And the man of God was angry with him and said, you should have struck it five or six times. Then you would have struck Syria until you've made an end of it. Come on, church. Can I, can I just talk for a minute here? By all indications that I can see, Elisha this time only gives King Joash instructions. Now, the king half-heartedly does it. Typically, a king would carry ten arrows in his quiver. That way he wouldn't be weighted down. He's already shot one through the east window. Come on, church. And so... He's at nine left. And Elisha says to him, hey, hey, take those arrows and strike the ground. That's an indication I want you to shoot the rest of them. Strike the ground with an arrow means to continue to shoot. Loose the arrow and let it fall. You ever seen those movies where those guys, the archers are out in front or, or, or behind the cavalry, and they just pull back and they loose and you just see a dark cloud of arrows flying through the air. Whew. That's what Elisha is saying. Keep shooting. Strike the ground. But you know what Joash does? Even though he's got instruction for complete victory, instead of taking all the arrows, you know what he does? He takes three arrows. Three and he says, strike the ground. Are you kidding me? You have a weapon of war. 
strategy for victory. And all you got, that's all the effort you're going to give? Are you kidding me? Come on, church. Did Elisha tell him to strike the ground a certain amount of times? No. He said, strike the ground. Instead, he chooses three. I don't. I'm facing the end of my reign. I'm facing the end. Told without you, Elisha, we're going to die. The enemy's going to overcome us. I'm facing the end. Well, good. Here's God's plan to give you total victory. Great. Thanks. Oh, it didn't work. You see, he was told to shoot out the window. He did it once. He was told to strike the ground. That meant to keep shooting the ground. That meant keep going. Use all the arrows you got. See, the word that Elijah is using here is take the rest of the arrows and shoot them all. We see an old, come on church, dying prophet angry. That's all the faith you've got? Here I am dying. You going to bother me with that? You don't want victory. You just won't complain. Oh, oh, I said it. You don't want victory. You just want to blame God. But that wasn't enough. When God gave you everything and you didn't use it. You just want to blame God because you gave a half-hearted effort. It wasn't that Joash didn't understand that the arrows represented victory because the prophet declared that. He just didn't have expectant faith, an effort to see the instructions that were given to him. And all he had was a half-hearted intent into it. And the result of his effort and his attitude closed the door of God to the best in his life. Y'all need to hear me with your good ear because I'm going to spend a minute here. I am not here to condemn you this morning. I'm here to try and show you that God is a God of victory. God is a God who will not be defeated. Do you understand that? And God is a God who expects his people to walk in victory. He says, you are more than our conquerors in Christ. We've already overcome. Are you with me, church? Right? That, uh, Colossians says that God has put an end to the devil's scheme by making an open mockery of him through the cross. Do you understand? The weapon, the weapon that the enemy is given is only a lie. And if you believe it, then you give him victory. Other than that, you're already victorious. And we got to stop fighting battles in our life as if it's up to us in our own strength. The, God put his hand through the prophet on the bow. I am with you. It's time to start fighting from victory. Joash didn't understand. He was already victorious. Now, just in case you think I'm picking on some of you, you can ask Breno because he put the PowerPoint together on Thursday. 
So I wrote this on my power in my PowerPoint on Tuesday of last week. And these are the words that I wrote. Love me or be mad at me. We all got to go to heaven so you get over it. But I am so heartbroken that God's people, because they won't follow instructions, stay in defeat. And this is what I wrote. You say you want help, but then you don't take serious the instructions you are given, and that's why you don't have complete victory. Tammy's going to fool around with a locked door for another five minutes when God has already said, I opened the door for you. What are you doing? She said, she said, not me. Y'all quote Tammy. Don't quote Pastor Don. I'm just saying what she said. Bullheaded. Some of you people, you parents, you're struggling, raising your kids. And good godly people who have the anointing on their life. God has given them to you so he can flow his power through them into your life. And they will look at you and say, you need to do this. And parent this way and walk in that. Even if you do do it, you only do it for a day. You can follow instruction. Come on, I'm preaching to somebody. Y'all not helping me. It's heavy. It's all right. Some of you people who've been walking around in chains and burdens, you've been shackled. God has given you good people in your life to give you good godly instruction. God has, through those people, put his hand on the bow of victory for you. And you won't listen. You go back. The Bible says like a dog returns to its vomit. So doth a man return to his sin. Get that picture in your mind. You ever seen a dog lick back up its vomit? Come on. Yeah, yeah, yeah. You should read your Bible. It's pretty cool. I'll give you a picture the next time you think it's all right to put your hand back on the thing God delivered you from. It's just that gross. Some of you married people. You won't listen. And I, over and over, you go through the same thing. We nailed that board back on there last week. Did, you, did it work? Yeah, it worked. Why'd you stop doing it? I'm trying to tell you right now, God is trying to deliver his people, right? The king has a reaction unto the prophet's instructions. Church, you got to understand, here's what the king did. He said, the, the, the prophet said, shoot, strike the ground and you'll have total victory. And the king did this. I don't understand. If the, if, the king, if the prophet is there, the man who I know, amen, has, has opened water, shook the ground, has called lightning down from heaven. The man who I know every 
every person, every army on the face of the earth fears. If he looks at me and says, strike the ground with every arrow, I'm not just shooting one and tapping the ground with the other three. I'm chunking them all. Are you with me? Y'all not listening to me. Hey, there's my deliverance in marriage. There's my deliverance from addiction. There's my deliverance for prodigals. There's my deliverance. I'm chunking them all. I'm chunking them all. And if you're not careful, I'm going to throw the bow. God has promised us victory. And we fool around with half-hearted efforts. Listen, this ain't about your salvation. So don't work around, walk out of here and say, Pastor Don preached a works. Pre- uh, I did not. I did not. Listen, Jesus expects us to get on the boat and be a co-laborer with him in the kingdom of God. He expects you to participate with him in your deliverance. Are you with me, church? He expects you to walk through a fire. If you don't believe that, you can ask Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego when you get there. And you and I'll tell you, Pastor Don didn't lie to you. Pastor Don didn't lie. He expects you to walk through some death places, some valley. If you don't believe that, you ask Lazarus when you get there. Let me tell you something, church, this half-hearted effort and then blaming everybody else because we're not ready to participate with God and what God has, has given us victory for and even put his hand to it. God, God is not looking for half-hearted people, those who really don't care. He's looking for faith and character that will make a person love God and fight back hell for a lifetime. Some of you young people... You get started in life and you look at all the things that your parents and your grandparents have and you want that right away. I'm sorry about your luck. You can't have what they have. They don't work 50, 70 years for that. You better stop whining and pick up a bow. Stop tapping around here and get to work. We look at all the great ministries around and say, man, people are coming to faith every day, all the time. And we think, why don't we listen? Do you understand the woods is full of them right here? Go get you one. You should bring a, a lost person to church with you every week. Why not? You don't know one? Sure you do. Get you one. God's put his hand to it. You know how you do that? You tell the story of God's deliverance in your own life. You tell the story of God's goodness in your own life. God is looking for some people who want to fight back hell. You know what my testimony is? When I gave my heart and life to Jesus and I have never looked back, God let me keep my wife. I decided right then and there. That's a hill I'm going to die on. Hello, somebody. And that means I had to crucify me. I had to stop being stupid. Hello, somebody. I had to do what God was telling me to do. I had to sit in the back corner of a McDonald's in Chipley, Florida. I can take you there to this day, sit you in the same seat, and watch a man of God look at me over his glasses and tell me I was the most selfish man he ever met in his life. He was mad at me. What's wrong with you? You should go home and serve your wife and see what God will do. You stop complaining about her. Hello. Y'all not helping. Y'all not helping because see, it, I know it's touchy. I know it's touchy because y'all done tapped the ground three times and hoped that was enough. That's true. See, this is where I'm at. I believe that Elisha's instructions to, to the king exposed his weak faith 
and showed his weak character. You ever heard that saying, proof's in the pudding? Let me give you a PD-ism. That's Pastor Don-ism. Proof of desires in the pursuit. You can take that to the bank. You want something? Go get it. You want your marriage to be fixed? Go get it. You want your prodigals to come home? Go get them. What you doing? You want your finances to change? Stop spending more than you make. That's a revelation that'll crush somebody. Somebody this afternoon will be eating lunch. Go, I never heard that before. Imagine that. Can't be that simple. You want your life to change? Let me tell you something. Submit to when God puts his hand on yours and do what you're told. You see, maybe I was just, maybe I was just foolish enough. Maybe I, I was raised in the church. I was raised by a military man. It was painful if you didn't listen. I know some of you guys know my dad now, and I'm just like, I, that's not the guy. I don't know, something happened. He likes to tell stories and laugh now. Dude, he would get at me. It was painful to not obey. It was painful to question. Listen, if my dad told me the moon was made out of blue cheese, you better bet it was a blue cheese moon. I didn't care. And I get saved. I know that's a military mindset. But God gives me a spiritual father. Hello, somebody. I didn't know you could tell the pastor no. I did what I was told. Asked my wife. She's like, why are you doing that? Because Pastor Rick told me. Why did he tell you to do that? I have no idea. That's what he told me to do. I just imagine it's going to be painful if I don't. Proof of desire is in the pursuit. You want to be delivered from addictions and burdens? Come on, church. Pursue freedom. Come on, church. Whom the Son is set free is free indeed. Don't buy the lie of the enemy. Every time the enemy comes to try and chain you back down to the floor, say, no, 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 devil. Whom the Son is set free is free indeed. I am free. I am free. I am set free by the blood of Jesus. You can't overcome Jesus. You know what Jesus said? He said, before the enemy can enter into a man's house, he has to first bind the strong man of the house. You know who the strong man of my house is? Jesus. Come on, church. Before he can enter my house, you know what he's got to do? He's got to bind up the strong. He tried that once. It didn't work. The blood of Jesus will set you free. And you need to believe that in order to walk in that freedom. When I was delivered from my addiction of pornography, when I was delivered from my addiction or my attitude of anger, listen, I want you to understand I was delivered. But from that day to this, I have had to walk out deliverance. I have thrown every arrow God would give me and ask for more. Is that it? I only brought 10. Come on, church. Proof of desire is in the pursuit. Let me tell you something. Husbands, go after your wife. 
Let me tell you something, wives, pursue your husband. Go after them. Let me tell you something, parents, never stop loving your kids. I don't care what kind of sin they're involved in. I don't care what kind of attitude they have. They need to always know that my parents might not agree with where I'm at, but I know they love me beyond a shadow of a doubt. I'm talking to somebody today that's only tapped the ground three times and you wondered why your victory fell short. It's a reminder of how important it is to see what God is doing and looking for behind what he's asking us to do. Let me, let me say this to you. I, I, I put it up here because I want you to think it's pretty long so you might have to take a picture of it. But I, I couldn't help it. Sometimes, some, everybody say sometimes. Sometimes God gives me direction not so much because he wants me to arrive at a particular destination. But he gives, me, he gives me direction and instructions. Listen to me, church. Because he's testing my heart to see if I'll give him my very best. Or if I will hold back. Listen, when God communicates something to me, it's not about obeying, even though that's the essential part of my Christian walk. It's more about my attitude and my effort that I put out in faith. Do I believe that God has given me victory? If someone has given me instructions and listen, it worked once, why would I ever stop doing that? Then you come back around and, and go, what, what happened? I don't know. What do you mean you don't know? Man, you're doing great. You're still doing what we planned? No, I don't do that anymore. You only tapped the ground three times. Come on, church, that's half-heartedness. Let me tell you something. Deliverance is for today and every day. And I got to walk this thing out. I got to walk this thing out. Will I believe and act because of obedience or will I please God as an acting of faith? Will I believe because his best for me is what he wants, church? I need you to understand here, Joash's lack of faith stood in the way of what God really wanted to do. I don't know about you, but this is just where I'm at, especially the older I get. I don't want my heart to limit what God wants to do in my life and through my life. Come on, church. I don't want my heart to limit what God wants to do in my life and through my life. Joash should have shot the whole thing. And then he should have asked the prophet, you got some arrows? Can I borrow some? Who's got more arrows? I still got a bow. Window's still open. That's all I got. Instead, he left some. Come on, church. And the prophet was mad. I don't want to be known for a lack of faith. Uh, amen, oh me. A lack of faith would not be given every ounce of who I am to instruction that God has given me because I stopped short. It'd be like, it'd be like giving, it'd be giving less than, than I should in preparation for a me message. I don't know what you expect on Sunday. Pastor Don just open up the lectionary and pull a sermon out. 
Hello, somebody. That would be too easy. No, we got to pray through this. We got to listen to the Holy Spirit. We got to say, God, what do you want to say to your people? How do you move us forward in what you've called us to do, God? What are these messages about? It'd be like giving less than my plan on outreach, or it'd be like giving less than when I want to spend time with my family. It'd be like giving less to than my best when I stop short and confronting someone who's got willful sin in their life. How do you think it's going to get better? I am shocked sometimes at the willful sin that people think God is going to bless. You know, bless that mess. What you thinking? You read the same Bible I do? Stop all that nonsense. I, I, I just don't, I don't understand if it hurts why we keep doing that. If it causes me pain, why I keep doing that? Let me tell you something. If it's your plan to wake up one morning and make a little Thai woman mad, I'm going to tell you that's a bad plan. Why, why would I do that every day? That was just, just like. Now, sometimes I admit I'm a little instigator. I, I just, sometimes I'm like Tweety Bird. If I do this, I'm going to get in trouble. Is it worth it? Yeah, it's worth it. So we're selling our house because we feel like, you know, God is, it's time to be a good steward in our lives in this particular way. And we get to, by doing this, we're going to get to accomplish a financial plan 11 years earlier than we intended. That, that's it, right? So my wife's got a, the, the, the bedroom in the new house is smaller than our bedroom now. And so all this stuff won't fit in there. So I told my wife, I said, you just got to, here's what I said, I said, you got to order one of those captain beds, you know, with the drawers under it, right? Like, because there's no room for a, a dresser in there or whatever. And so she shopped around, shopped around, shopped around. And finally, yeah, like we agreed, here's one, right? And I would ask her every day, hey, did you, did you, did you buy that bed? We got to move into the house. No, I haven't done it yet. I was like, you got you to gotta get the thing ordered. And every day I would come in and she wouldn't pull the trigger on it. I'm just like, sweetheart, pull the trigger, pull the trigger. And she hadn't got it done, and she's like, well, I couldn't find one that was a queen size because that was our mattress, and so I've just been looking, and finally we found a queen size. It was great. She put it in the cart, and I was like, great, you're going to order it. Yep, I'm going to order it. So I'm sitting there one night, and she's humming over it, making sure all the details are right. I was like, sweetheart, pull the trigger. Just pull the trigger. And so she had to make sure, make sure, make sure, make sure. Everything's right. Got it ordered. We went to bed about 10 o'clock. Awake, you know, I get up. The Lord woke me up about three o'clock in the morning, the next morning, or my bladder one. I can't remember which one it was. <laughs> and uh, I went and used the bathroom anyway. And I got back in the bed and I thought, I'm gonna mess with her. And so I said to this little Thai woman, I said, Hey, she's like, What? Are you sure that you ordered a queen size and not a full? And she sat right up in the bed and she was like, oh my word, oh my word. <laughs> so I started laughing and she's like, I'm not laughing.
laughing. You're going to get up right now, and you're going to go in there and turn on the computer, and you're going to check to make sure. I was like, what good will that do? You already ordered it, right? Like, it doesn't matter at this point. And so, like, for an hour, she sat there. It's 4 o'clock in the morning. She's still barking at me. Listen, that was hilarious. I'm not talking about that kind of stupid. I'm going to the gym at 4 o'clock in the morning anyway. It's going to bother me. <laughs> let, me, let me tell you something. Husbands and wives, why don't you pursue each other? What if I've got to pray for a miracle and I come into that prayer half-heartedly? Ken Dot, I don't know if God's going to do this or not. You know that's none of your business? Your job is to be obedient. Put your hand on the bow, open the window, and loose the arrow. God's business is miracles. That's why it's a miracle. If, if it was your, it wouldn't be a miracle. God's business is miracles. My job is to pray, and I, I will pray and pray and pray, right? It'd be, it'd be like me trying to decide to stop praying for a miracle in impossible situations. Or, or, or Because, I, you know, I already prayed 99 times about this thing. Hello, somebody, right? I already prayed for it over and over, and God's not moving, right? You ever, you ever read your Bible where it says, you know what? Uh, the judge answered the widow because she kept knocking. See, these, these, these would be like just striking the ground only some of the time with a limited amount of the arrows instead of loosing them all. Let me say something to you, church. I'm going to say it to you right now. Why you listen to me? God has given us victory. And there's not a situation in this room that the scripture does not keep its promise to us. In Colossians, it says, with the temptation and trial, God will make a way. God will make a way. God will make a way. You ever had a disappointment? You know what you need to do? Instead of crawling under the bed and whining and crying, you need to look at that thing and say, through this, God is going to make a way. And my testimony is going to be his glory. Absolutely, I'm disappointed. But God's got something to say. God's got something to say. Come on up here. Watch this. Every morning, everybody say every morning. Every morning in Africa, a gazelle wakes up and it knows it has to run faster than the fastest lion in order to survive. So everybody say every morning. Every morning in Africa, a lion wakes up and it knows it has to outrun the swiftest gazelle or it's going to starve to death. Every morning in Africa, a gazelle's got to wake up when the sun comes up and say, I got to run faster than the fastest lion. Every morning in Africa, when the sun comes up, a lion wakes up and says, I have got to catch the fastest gazelle. What's your point, Pastor Don? Here's my point. It matters not whether you're the lion or the gazelle. When the sun comes up, you better be ready to run. And some of y'all have quit. You quit 
you've sold the victory of God short. Stop being a victim. Come on, church. God has put his hand on yours. The gazelle could fuss about being chased by the lion. The lion could fuss about having to run after a gazelle. But here's the truth. Your life depends on being ready to run no matter who you are. God has caused the sun to rise in every one of our lives. Come on, church. You live or die based on what you do. Come on, church. And let me just put it to you practically. I think this is very powerful. This portion of Scripture opens up with one of the most powerful men who ever walked the face of the earth. And it says to us, He's just like you. He's just like you. He was sick. How could a sickness, how could a disease kill this man of God? How could God allow that? I mean, all the power of God flowing through him so much. It's not like it wasn't there anymore because even when he was dead, they threw that guy in. You just got to keep reading. As soon as he touched his bones, the Bible says he jumped up alive. Why couldn't Elisha just heal himself? You see, God allows us to understand that even the greatest Bible characters are just like us. And God has caused the sun to rise in our life today. And I believe that God is looking for some overcomers, those who will say they are ready to run. They are ready to loose every arrow and not hold anything back. Those who strike in Jesus' name. Mm, come on, somebody. Those who will continue to strike in Jesus' name. Those are the ones who will win. Men and women who will awaken knowing that their Redeemer lives. Come on, church. Because He, because he lives, nothing is impossible. And I want to say this to you. You're struggling right now in your heart for whatever reason. Each one of us have walked in here this morning carrying some burden that we think maybe somebody can't relate to. Someone can't know. Someone can't understand. But you are not alone. You are not alone. And here's what I've decided. If I die, I die. But I will die with my hand on the bow. And you better bet I'm going to die with an empty quiver. Stand with me. You better bet I'm going to die with an empty quiver. <laughs> I thought about this the other day. And I thought about the first time we were on that mountain in Colorado. And Josh Wired was like, man, we can't stay here. We're going, bears are going to eat us. I, I'm telling you, it'll, rot, it'll, it'll, ask, it'll take every ounce of pride out of you. And I, I, I wasn't going to make it. And Josh, unbeknownst to me, had already texted his wife, Cassie, and said, 
Don ain't going to make it. I think he's gonna, we're going to have to carry him off the mountain. He ain't going to make it. He's not going to make it to the top. Pray for us. I, I, was, I, I remember sitting down, and the weight of my pack, I couldn't get up. I tried. My legs would not work, and I couldn't get up. And I remember Josh looking at me and said, we cannot stay here. The bears will eat us. And you asked Josh Wired. I have my 9 millimeter right here. I pulled it out of my holster. I checked it. I said, I got a full clip, brother. If he's going to eat me, it'll be empty by the time he gets here. I am done. I will chunk everything that I got at him. One of us will be dead at the end of it. Listen, if you're going to die, why on earth would you die with a full quiver? If my marriage is going to end... Come on, we live in a broken world, and I realize, people, I realize that's the truth. It doesn't have to be. But I decided when I was fixing my marriage, I wasn't going, my marriage was not going to end with arrows in the quiver. When I wanted to be delivered from pornography, almost 30 years, come on, I decided I was not going to leave an arrow in the quiver. I pulled that chair up there, I said, I'm not leaving. Lock up behind you. God's going to deliver me. Come on, church. When I had to deal with my anger in my heart, I decided if I'm going to die, I'm not going to die with an air. Why would you do this? Why would you do this? Why would you die when God has given you victory? And so this morning, right here in this place, I'm going to give you a minute to respond. If you have been putting forth a half-hearted effort, when you know the truth, God has given you victory. Now is the time to do business with God. And watch what God will do in our life. Hello, somebody. And no one's going to judge you. Why would you care? There's some people say, oh, Don, you shouldn't tell them stories about how you almost didn't make it up the mountain. Why? Why would I care? Yeah, because everybody needs to see you as strong. Don't you want people? No, I, I, listen, I didn't make it. I almost didn't make it up there. because I didn't quit it took me an extra day <laughs> but I made it up there listen to me church why would you care what other people think when God has promised to put his hand on yours and give you victory and ain't a person in this church going to judge you I want you to do some business with God for a minute Father in the name of Jesus right here in this place Personally, God, I want to repent for half-hearted effort. God, when you have given me instruction, forgive me, Lord, for not following through. Forgive me, God, for allowing my heart to limit complete victory. Forgive me, Lord, for an attitude, God, that because I didn't understand what you were doing, didn't put forth full effort. Forgive me, Lord, for not abandoning everything. Forgive me, Lord, for the times when I held something back in reserve because I felt like I needed to keep something just in case. God, right now is a time, Lord, in this place where we want to empty the quiver. God, where we want to allow everything to go. God, you have placed your hand on ours. God, and you said, strike the ground. Strike the ground and victory is yours. This morning in this place, God, we're going to use all the arrows you've given us. And God, we're going to beg for more. We're going to beg for more, God. 
And so, God, I pray right now for every marriage that's struggling. Deal with that attitude of that hardness, God. God, I pray for everyone who wants to quit, who's only tapped the ground three times because they don't have even maybe enough energy to pull the bow back a fourth time. God, give them strength, God. There are some people right in here that maybe they don't have the strength to pull back the bow a fourth time because they're tired. They're weary from the fight, God. They're weary from continuing to draw. But God, I pray you renew their strength, God. Renew their strength. God, I pray right now in this place, Lord, for addictions and chains that have shackled us down, God, that you have given us glimpses of victory once, twice, even three times, God. Forgive us, Lord, for going back. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Have your way, Jesus. Come on. If you want to do some business with God, come on. Come on, let's sing. Do you believe it?
heart, church. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for good every time. Yep. You take what the enemy meant for evil, and you turn it for good. You turn it for Well, let your glory come. Victory is not without effort. Complete victory, Lord, is not without surrender to you. And this morning in this place, God, we abandon ourselves to your complete plan. And God, from this moment, God, I expect that those who abandon their quiver your plan. They'll see miracles. And Lord, so much so do I believe it, God, that I expect to hear, feel, and see results. Lord, we want to strike back the hand of the enemy permanently. So Jesus, in this place, allow your miracles to come forth. Let every arrow this morning strike its spot. We pray it in Jesus' name. And everybody said, come on, give the Lord a hand of praise. Turn around, turn.